Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to today's or this week's episode of Sunday Messages. I'm Reverend Sydney Finn, and I'm so glad to have you here. It's always a pleasure sharing all of this information with you all. Now, this week's episode is going to be about chakras, and I know this is kind of an elusive topic that a lot of people... I, I, I just feel like there's a lot of misunderstandings about chakras and how they're used and what's actually going on. So I would like to start by just outing myself to begin with and letting you guys know that I don't actually work or view chakras the appropriate or traditional way. I just don't. I take a sharp left. I am totally doing this differently. And I do that for a very specific reason. It's highly intentional. But I want everyone to be really clear and understand that I am not working with any traditional versions of chakras. This is an interpretation that has evolved and simply been modified. So I'll go over the way I view it so that you kind of have an understanding of the way I read and and the way that I use them, and then I'll go into more of the traditional Hindu version. So yes, 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 just for the records, we're all clear. I, technically speaking, am not talking about chakras in the the right way, okay? Just so we're clear. My version of a chakra, the way that I read it, I like to think about them as atoms, like big atoms or clusters of energy. So for me, in regards to the way I read, every single fragment, uh, every piece of everything has energy, just the way an atom would. But a chakra, in terms of the energy centers of the body, you can have as few or as many as... I mean, I guess as the reader decides. So normally we're working with seven, right? Starting from crown to root. If you take a a human design style of chakra system, you're working with nine chakras instead. That's, That's another system that people use. But for me, I like to think of chakras as something I can either zoom in on or I can zoom out on. So I can look at chakras... Or I can consider chakras to be cellular level. So like one cell or one atom being a chakra in itself. So that's more of how I read health stuff. So if someone has cancer or someone has an infection or someone has nervous system issues, I'm actually looking down on more of a microscopic level, energetically speaking. So that's how how much I can zoom in. And then on the other hand, I can read like a a collective, so a group of people or an organization. I would describe this as a chakra as well, technically speaking, because I'm reading a collection of energy. Now, the energy centers in your body, what we normally think of as chakras, your crown, your third eye, your throat, your heart, your diaphragm, your sacral chakra, and your root I hope I didn't forget any just now, but that is kind of like the the collection of energy in that region, and they represent different things for your body. 
like emotions, attachments, cords, as well as hooking into different organs and systems of your body. Now, this is where I also am completely different. Um, Chakras, as far as I read and other people who read in a similar way that I do, there's not a set color that that is for each chakra. I can't stand that because it really depends who's reading it. So honestly, I don't see very many green heart chakras. That's just me. That's just the colors that I get. I don't see green hearts very often. But it, it's not like if you have a pink heart when I'm reading you, that's a bad thing and we need to transition it to green. It's not like that at all for me. So I can just kind of read an infinite number or an infinite level of information going on in every part of your body. Now, if you've worked with me before, you know sometimes I'll totally deviate from chakras altogether. I'll start talking about your jaw, your hips, your pelvic bones, you know, shoulders, like all sorts of different body parts just because I don't just want to get the chakra system. I want to make sure your entire physical being is clear. So that's why I can look at things as small as at a cellular level or as big as like a group of people or even like a nation or something. So it's kind of like the chakras, the seven chakra system is more like a bullet point version of your entire growth period. It's more of like a broken down, at least when I do readings, there's different things that are going on in different parts of your body and then These are also different areas that you can, it's just a good way to like summarize the information so that when I do a reading, I'm able to tell what exactly is going on and where it's sticking to you in your energetic body, but it's not like, oh, there's only seven. I actually look at everything as having energetic value and just about anything can stick to anything, energetically speaking. So this is just the way I do it. Um, I actually don't know the way other psychics do it, except for the ones that are doing a half-assed job of the Hindu model, which I'll get to in a second. In a nutshell, a chakra is an energy center of your body, but those aren't the only ones that exist. Those are just good summaries because they're hooked into different systems of your physical body as well. Each chakra has a different uh, physical part of the body that it's hooked into. So um, that's definitely something that goes along with it as well. Now there is some overlap between what I'm talking about and the traditional model and kind of how that's being used. It's just the way I exercise them is quite different. This is kind of how I like to explain to people why I'm able to read houses and cars and um, like collectives. It's because I basically look at everything on the planet as a chakra. That's kind of how I roll with it. So that's why I'm able to read all sorts of different information. And that's why I'm able to read inanimate objects because the atoms that make up the inanimate object, I read as chakras, essentially. So that then I can see like, oh, is this gelling with you? Is this the right space for you? Is this the right vehicle for you? Is this, you know, and so on and so forth. Now, 
let's go traditional. So more of the historical side of things, chakras, that whole system actually originated in Hinduism way, 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 way back when. And this is where the the concept of like energy wheels. So if you were to Google chakra right now, like what is a chakra? What it's going to come up with is, oh, it's an energy wheel within the body developed in Hinduism. And this is where in order to make sure they're healthy, you need to keep them open and balanced. Now, technically speaking, if we're if we're sticking with this model and you are a tantra practitioner within that branch, then this could this could totally work for you and you could be spiritually healthy, have no issues. Like if I were to give you a reading, you could be totally clear because this is something that has been practiced for years and years and years and it's being used appropriately with all of the different components that are involved because this is a process. This is a style. This is, it, it's serious business. You know, it's it's not something that you can just like, waltz in and start and be a tantra master overnight. It can't be done. And so that's why there's so much more to the traditional system than what other people realize. So when it came west, when this, you know, the whole chakra thing came west, it was kind of, I don't even know how to, it was cheapened, I guess you could say. So people kind of polluted the original form of the chakra system. Because before it came west, tantra practitioners were using the chakras as energy wheels where all of the meridian points were converging at different centers of the body, which is a healthy way to do it. But that's not the way it translated once it came over here. So this is where... You kind of have people doing a half-assed job of something that's really complicated, and I simply don't agree with that. People who do not practice, who are not Tantra practitioners, who have not had appropriate teachers in order to learn that style fully, are being energetically sloppy by blasting open their chakras and calling themselves enlightened. I wish it were that simple, but it's not. This is this is a sacred practice that's very, very old. And one of the biggest things that goes hand in hand with this is the importance of a teacher. That's one of the things that this practice is all about as well, is you have to have a teacher. It's something that you become a master of and you practice for a very long time. And people are not doing that now, which is why you have people who are are not tantra practitioners who are trying to do these things that are technically tantra practices and they're fucking shit up. In a nutshell, that's what's happening. And so my whole thing is like, okay, we can we can still work with the idea of a chakra. Like how else are we going to describe it? It's an energy center of the body. That was the original term, but my whole attitude is If you're not going to do it right, then don't do it right at all. You need to completely take a sharp left and do it so it's safe. You can modify, like, these, these energetic practices can evolve. 
But the whole thing is that you want to do it safely. And, and I was taught more of like the safety and the mechanical part of it. And then I, as I've gotten older, I've kind of woven in the history as well as understanding what other unsafe practitioners are doing and why people go to them and then end up feeling like crap. Because I had that happen time and time again where I have all of these people coming to me and having experiences with spiritual practitioners where they actually feel worse than they did before. This is a nightmare to me. I'm like, why is nobody talking about this? Why is nobody talking about these dangerous meditations that spiritual practitioners are giving their clients or the fact that encouraging people to blast open their chakras is actually exhausting people? We have like an epidemic of people who are opening their chakras and cutting cords and draining their bodies of the energy that they have, and they don't even realize what they're doing. And so that's my whole thing, which is like, okay, <laughs> let's not actively open them. And, and look, sometimes it happens and a chakra pops open. Whether it be because like maybe someone violated a boundary or you know, your alcoholic parent is pressuring you to do something that you don't want to do or simply because of our energetic mechanics of the way we grew up or, you know, maybe that was part of your defense mechanism is to like blast open your crown so you can get as much information as possible. There's a lot of reasons why this can happen, but the majority of the time, again, if you're not a tantra practitioner and that's not your soul's work, like that's not your primary thing, then we really shouldn't be opening them. I've never seen a case in which an open chakra was good. So again, just to emphasize this whole thing, if you are not a tantra practitioner in present time, and that is not something that you are in the process of mastering, then you're going to need to work with your chakras in a different way than that model. It just needs to be something that you modify in order to keep it safe for yourself, especially if you're a part of a Western culture, like especially then. Now, the one thing that is the same across the board is if you are wanting to do any independent chakra work, you're going to need to focus on your body. In order to do something like clear blocks or something like that, you have to be really, really self-aware of everything that's going on. So if you are really disconnected from your body, it's not going to work. You're not going to be able to fully feel into those blocks into those problems. The best way to identify what's up with your chakras is you have to practice being in your body and being in your body often. So generally speaking, I can tell what's going on with mine, but that's only because I've been doing it for years and years and years. So if you can get into your body more often via meditation, uh, body talk, anything like that, it's going to help you kind of understand what's going on in your systems. But if you're doing this in a chaotic fashion and just kind of like, oh, well, maybe I'll open this up just as a band-aid solution, it might actually do more harm than good. So um, the other thing that I would like to mention is that I know that uh, probably one of my more controversial opinions is the whole opening chakras 
thing. But again, that's because that's an old model that it's like people are doing a half-assed job at. So my whole thing is most people are energetically sloppy. I'm just going to be straight. And this is okay. This is a cultural thing. This is a lot of the time the majority of people I work with live in, in the Western Hemisphere. Okay? Majority. So most of the people that I'm working with are, are energetically sloppy and it's no big deal. You know, we all, <laughs> I can be energetically sloppy too. It's quite all right. If you keep this in mind, you can kind of look at it as people throwing their energy all over the place. Like think about being on the road and people are like throwing their energy, they're angry, they're beeping all over the place. I'm in LA, so I I know all about that. Or like maybe um you know, you go to the grocery store and the the cashier is all ticked off and so people are throwing their energy all over the place. Their chi is going everywhere. Whereas Eastern cultures, it's typically held closer to the body, and this makes for a much different energetic experience. Just to keep in mind, and like I said, n- neither of these things are good or bad. It's, it's just different. They're, they're simply different. So if everyone's energy is flying all over the place as it generally is in the U.S., in Canada, and in the Western Hemisphere. So if you were to leave your chakra open right now, that is basically the energetic equivalent of leaving your front door open. I'm going to go ahead and venture to say that the majority of us would not want to leave our front door open. Someone might come in and vandalize something of yours, Any number of things could happen, but generally speaking, we want our front door to be closed. So this is why using the traditional open and balance your chakras doesn't really work here. Anyway, I digress. So that's why if you leave your chakras open, then you're going to pick up everyone else's garbage. And so then you have, and I'm, I'm sure I'll do an episode on empaths and whatnot and that whole shtick. But the thing is, that's when you get other people absorbing all of the trash, the energetic trash that's floating around. And I mind you, I know that there's a whole bunch of hype around the whole empath thing and everyone loves to talk about being an empath and what an empath they are and all their empath experiences and empath, empath, empath. Empath, 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 empath. So the deal is with this is they're they're basically saying, I have a hard time managing my energetic boundaries. That's part of the deal. If you're if you are an empath, you have to be extra extra careful with your energetic boundaries. And I promise you, if you're an empath, you don't want to be an energetic dumpster for everyone else's energetic trash. So this is where I just, I just think that, you know, I, I have apparently radical opinions and I know that I burst a lot of bubbles with these opinions, but all I care about is being safe. All I care about is all of you feeling your absolute best 
as as often as you possibly can. And any way that I can help you do that, I'm going to do that. And so that's kind of why I teach against the grain. And um, that's basically the difference between my version of chakras and and the the stereotypical version of chakras. I just modify it so that it's... Um, you know, so so it's safe for the physical body as well. Because quite frankly, if you're not practicing Tantra full time, if that is not your thing, then you shouldn't be using Tantric models of chakra work because it, it doesn't make any sense. They don't they don't fit. Uh, they don't work together that well. So I just think that we should be using energetic models that work for us rather than doing things as like a hodgepodge version. Now let's go back to the colors for a second. I get a lot of questions because if you worked with me before, you know I talk in colors, I talk in imagery. So technically, I am highly clairvoyant. That's probably my most potent uh my most potent form of intuition is sight. So the colors for me in the way that I read, um, honestly, they don't even have a set definition. Some do, but they can always change. Like sometimes spring green could mean any number of things. A lot of the time it means like exploration for me. When, when I'm reading it on other people, but I've had spring green show up with a whole bunch of different definitions. Sometimes I won't even get colors. I'll just get imagery popping up for that chakra, and so I'll just let the person know what the imagery is. Uh, my job is just to unpack the information and let people know what's going on in their system. And then when they see it, it it moves most of the time and then it heals. And if they're having trouble getting it moving and going, then I can help them with further tools depending on what it is that they're struggling with. Because this is this is the other reason why I don't necessarily want to start saying, oh, you can do this, that, and the other thing for your chakras, or like closing them, or loosening them up, it's because everyone has something different going on, and I don't really know what you're working with until I look. So it's like I wouldn't actually recommend that everyone start doing the same thing. That's that's kind of like a doctor giving a prescription for the same medication to, to like thousands of people, you know, even though that really is happening. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily the right thing to do. It's kind of a case-by-case basis. And in all honesty, I've never had two sessions look the same ever in my entire career. Like, I just haven't I haven't seen it. Everyone looks different. The imagery is different. The The colors are different. The meanings are different. And yeah. And, and also keep in mind, my colors are unique to me. I happen to read in really b- bright, vivid colors. So I get like royal purple, electric blue, lemony yellow, spring green, sky blue. That's more of the color palette that my vision is, but I I have a friend who only reads in gem tones. She only reads in really earthy, 
browns, reds, maroons, sapphires, emeralds, you know, that's more of her color palette is far more mellow than mine. So it really depends on who is reading you and and how how experienced they are. I find that the seven colors to match the seven chakras, I mean, that's so limiting. It's like, why, why is red necessary for the root? Who, why is that the only good one? Why is that the only good color for a root? It makes no sense. Because everyone's intuition in terms of reading and feeling and experiencing is going to be different. And quite frankly, red might be too hot of a color for somebody to be putting in their root. I wouldn't actually recommend that for certain people. So that's where I kind of get frustrated because not everyone is the same. And again, if you're not sticking with something that's purely traditional and strictly traditional, then just just deviate altogether. Just don't even work in the same vicinity. So... All right, now I'm going to answer a few questions that you guys asked me on Instagram about chakras. So this first question is something to the effect of what if I'm having creative issues or like what chakra has that problem if I'm if I'm feeling a creative block? And I think this is a good example because it kind of proves my point of why why so many people are missing the point. So a lot of current spiritual, let's just call them imposters, right? Like people who are using spirituality as an aesthetic, but it kind of ends there. Or their their knowledge and experience is, mm, I, I would just describe it as limited. Like if you're only working with seven chakras and seven colors, you're just limited to what you can do and how you can help people, in my opinion, especially if you're not practicing Tantra. So if I were one of those practitioners, if I were like, oh, I I only work with these chakras, oh, boom, it's second chakra. Creativity is always second chakra. That is what they would probably say because creativity is generally, generally, stored in the second chakra. However, if you're having issues with creativity, if there's a problem there, I can actually think of an issue in every single chakra that could be impacting your creativity. And this goes back to, I have to look at you. If I if I can't look at you, I'm not going to be able to tell you what's up. Because your second chakra, in all honesty, could be completely healthy. Maybe your creative issues are a result of mom and dad telling you you're not creative, in which it would be a crown issue. Or maybe it's just that you're really struggling with your vision, like your your ability to see that creative project in the astral first. That's more of a, a sixth chakra, a third eye issue. Um, perhaps it's an expression issue. That's a throat thing. 
Maybe you have the idea, but you're having trouble expressing it or actually putting it out into the world. That can be a throat issue. Maybe it has something to do with your ego. That's a heart issue. Maybe it has to do with exerting your will and not able to actually like put pen to paper. That's a diaphragm issue. You see what I'm saying? Like I can think of and I've seen so many different problems in so many different areas. It's the same thing with money. Uh, Like a hokey psychic would tell you, oh, money is root. I would say yes and no. But is it the creation of money? Is it the belief around money? Is it the deservingness or the the worthiness around money? Where is the actual issue? Because all of those are stored in different chakras. And you can't tell me that the root is the only place where money issues are stored. I, in, in my practice, in all honesty, I see root issues w- around money very rarely. More often than not, the the root issues are are about other things. But money can come up in all sorts of different areas. So that's just that's just my two cents. And hey, I'm I'm open to the idea that perhaps I'm the weirdo. You know, perhaps I'm the black sheep and and I'm doing this completely wrong. But based on what I've experienced, I've been able to pinpoint things faster and more accurately than someone who's working with either the wrong system for the energetic work that they're doing or or someone who's limited to the programming that they've got from a book or from some other source that essentially puts their intuition into a coffin. So just be conscious of any practitioners that are trying to use Pinterest wisdom in order to give you energetic diagnoses for anything that you're dealing with and who are trying to support you. And I understand that everyone has a slightly different flavor of doing this work and a different energy, right? So just make sure that if you are interested in working with a practitioner, regardless of whether or not that's me, that's beside the point. Just make sure that you're working with somebody who is privy to a model that's going to be good for you. So that's the primary thing that I like to let people know about is because I'm I'm very open and I try to be as transparent as possible that my my models and systems are essentially going against a lot of what the uh, new age community is all about. But I can't help but feel that this is one of the reasons why my work is more gentle on people's bodies. They end up feeling better and recharged after having a session with me rather than depleted or as if they've had their boundaries violated. Is because I'm not using a model that is in disagreement with people's bodies. And so I've seen time and time again the a half-assed tantra model trying to be squeezed into people's bodies who aren't actively practicing Tantra. And then you get more problems than solutions. I just get, I, I just get angry when people aren't willing to be wrong or 
or do want it to be black and white. And I'm I'm here saying there is so much gray area. There is so much nuance. Your astral body is as complicated as your physical earth body. And if we're talking about things in such cut and dry matters, I think that that's kind of a dangerous idea energetically and spiritually speaking. That's like you going to the doctor for a headache and them concluding it's a brain tumor every time. It simply makes no sense. I promise you, your astral body is just as complicated as your earth body. It's, It's just different. They're just different things. I don't think that the whole maintenance of your astral body needs to be complicated. That's something I want people to feel is simple and easy for them to do. But I'm just saying in terms of like what happens to you on a daily basis, everyone's energetic body is going to respond to it differently. It depends on what you were taught when you were young. It depends on how grounded you are. It depends on all of these different factors and where that's going to manifest energetically. So it's all it's all complicated stuff, man. You know, it's just it's just like anything else. A quick note on balancing chakras because I know somebody asked me about this as well. I actually think that's kind of it it doesn't make any sense. Again, it's like If you're in the middle of trying to manifest something and you're doing a lot of work on that, you're going to be exercising your sixth chakra a lot more than the others. They actually shouldn't technically be balanced in the sense that there's an equal distribution of energy between all of them. Like, you want your chakras to be unbalanced sometimes. If I need to crank out a lot of work in order for me to get this project done, then I want a lot of my energy to be sitting in my diaphragm. So there is, it's just one of those things where I'm like, your energetic system a lot of the time knows what it's doing. Sometimes it, it needs some help, it needs some support, but a lot of the ways that your energetics work are are there for a reason. Now, just like your emotional body, there can be certain things that are dysfunctional in the same way your energetic body could be dysfunctional. I, I think that's a better way to describe it than like a block is either, it's not blocked, it's not something you can't move, it's just is your is your chakra functional or is it dysfunctional? And then if it's dysfunctional, how do we get it back to a place where it's functioning and working for you? That's the majority of the work that I do. Okay, the last question that I got was, what do I say to skeptics? And most of the time I'm not giving sessions to skeptics, but if there is someone who is skeptical about what I do, I just agree with them. Like, yeah, there's absolutely no reason why you should believe me. There's no scientific basis, and if that's your belief system is exclusively the scientific world and you believe nothing that doesn't exist in the material, then I mean, that that's your prerogative. So I, most of the time I don't argue, but if I'm with a client who is skeptical, I just tell them to play along. Like, what's the worst that could possibly happen? I'm not doing anything dangerous. And then the majority of their time, they're they're kind of shocked at the fact that they feel better. So 
I just agree with them or invite them to play along and see what happens. All right, that's enough chakra talk for now. I'm, I've been gabbing for quite a long time. So let's pull a tarot card for this week. Check in, see what's going on. What do we need to know? Seven of Cups, lots of options. This is so on point with this episode too. As far as there's a million things that could be going on, a million potential outcomes. And this is also about not getting too locked in to only looking at one possibility. I like to remind people that what you want, like your actual desire, is something that you can be pretty adamant about so so long as it doesn't impact free will. That's the only thing that you're going to need to loosen your grip on. But you can stay really firm in what it is that you want. But as far as the action that's necessary for you to take or the the direction or the path to getting there is something that you need to allow yourself to have a little bit of variability with. Otherwise, you're just going to find yourself in gridlock. You need to loosen up on the method or the how, and that's actually going to make your desires more accessible. So if you're creating too rigid of a path and you're not allowing it a little bit of room to breathe, you're going to end up doing yourself a disservice. So make sure you look at all the options, you weigh all of the different things that you're considering Look at all of the different things you have going on. Find, if you feel like you're stuck, try to come up with at least like three different solutions to the problem. Just try. Like, see see if you can dream it up. It doesn't matter if it's realistic. The point is just to get the ideas brewing. This is a great week to brainstorm, to map things out, to just create and and see what happens and not put too much emphasis on the outcome. And collective prayer time, you you guys know how I feel about this. And I just want to remind you that when I go over this, all you have to do is just be like, okay, I'm totally in agreement. Like whoever needs me to be in agreement for this to happen for them or for them to get support, just be in agreement even if you don't need it yourself. And if you do need it yourself, then definitely be in agreement. So the message that was primarily coming up for this week's messages was support around anyone who's struggling in relationship, any partnership matters, any, whether that be romantic, platonic, um, you know, business, partnership, anything like that, any issues, any communication issues, anything where you feel like it's an intractable situation that can't be solved or, um, you know, maybe there's a little trouble in paradise too. You know, that could be something that's coming up, but whatever the case may be, I am in full agreement for you to get absolute clarity over the right things that you need to do for yourself. And in order to best support the relationship moving forward or becoming deeper in alignment with the right people for you, whatever that looks like. So, Wherever you're at in this process, maybe you're manifesting partnership, maybe some of you are feeling lonely or heartbroken, maybe you're dealing with some uh, relationship matters that are quite complicated. I've, I've seen 
so many different ends of the spectrum on that, but I am just sending you lots of love and support no matter what the case may be. And until next time, I am just, I'm just sending you guys so much love. I can't even, I can't even tell you. My heart is going to burst. And don't forget, if you need some support, if you need to work with me, if there is anything I can do for you, if you have some questions, feel free to email me at hello at onyxhealing.com. You are also welcome to check out the show notes for the links to my social media. And, um, you know, don't forget to follow me on YouTube and Instagram. It's at onyxhealing. And until next time, have a beautiful week, everybody, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.